All right. Welcome to uh, episode 24 of the Feed Companion Podcast. This podcast, um, I'm going to do a little bit different in kind of the same meaning. Um, A lot of this podcast has been about technology and AI, and I've been doing ChatGPT the last two episodes. And I probably will be doing more episodes on like computer science and because I'm um, I'm back in school for computer science um, and uh, probably be sharing a lot of my progress with Python and uh, whatever else I'm, I'm working on. But uh, but yeah, but I wanted this episode to be more about sports. Uh, Fee Companion is more than just tech, but it's also sports. And this episode is more going to be about Draymond Green and the and the Warriors. I just watched a video uh, with ESPN. And it was Stephen A. Smith with Brian Winhorse and I think Kendrick Perkins. And they were talking about how Draymond Green, I think Stephen A. Smith was kind of trying to give the point that uh, the core of the Warriors is Clay and Steph. And they're the Splash Brothers and their shooting is more important or primary to Draymond's defense. And... Uh, Kendrick Perkins was kind of arguing the exact opposite, that if they lose Draymond, they lose their whole identity, which I'm I'm more so kind of agreeing with. But I I don't know for sure as Draymond ages, how much that's true. He loses his ability to play defense and be the player that we've known him to be. While Steph and Clay, they're definitely a loser. You know, they're losing their ability to be the players that we've known them as as well. Clay is not the defender that we know him to be. And Steph gradually will probably not become, will not be able to retain the player that he is just because of the fact that Steph is much more than a shooter. He he will always be a great shooter, probably. Um, but Steph, his agility, his ability to just be a good team defender not necessarily individual um and uh just his youth his quickness his all that stuff is is contributing to the fact that he's Steph Curry that will go away by age 35 36 37 you you get my drift that you know age is definitely going to take away from Steph and Clay but it won't take as much because they still will have that that primary skill ability to do what they do Versus Draymond's primary scalability is to play defense, et cetera, et cetera. It's more on the athleticism side, which is, you know, escaping him, obviously, as well as Stephen Clay day by day. But Draymond's is more impactful, is the point. So, uh, but I do like, I'm a big Draymond fan. And that's honestly the point of this podcast is just to kind of allude to just how big of a Draymond fan that I am and that. Uh, to just highlight how great of a player Draymond is, um, Draymond is probably like I've only been watching film since about 2016, and I haven't watched film this season probably at all. And uh, but I did watch a lot of film like the last two years, and since 2016, I've, I've tried to make it a point to watch film. And learn players' tendencies, and and really learn the plays that are being ran, and a lot of the defensive schemes. And Draymond Green is probably one of the best defenders I've ever seen in my life. And I say that like, 
I've watched players that play before I was a, was really aware of what's going on. And um I mean, like I said, I say that as somebody that's I still understand that I, I'm probably short on a few things, but Draymond Green ability to play defense it doesn't even make sense what he can do on the defensive end mainly because of his height and his size he's not that big of a guy or he's not that tall of a guy and it's not like he's super athletic the dude's just all heart he has an incredible wingspan great timing but he's just not that he's not any freak of nature other than his wingspan in my opinion uh but he's a great he's very he has a lot of guard skills that kind of go under the radar somehow I don't know how but I mean I, I think at some point it was very highlighted that Draymond Green was an incredible like point forward type of guy but somehow that's like I guess his image and his antics have overshadowed the fact that he's just incredible playmaking wise which is something that's always benefited Steph because Steph hasn't hasn't had to be an incredible playmaker because Draymond has that covered. That allows Steph to be more like a shooting guard at times where you'll see Draymond bring the ball up, find Steph, do some type of crazy screen dribble handoff or, or, or whatever combination of using other players, whatever you want to you know insert here. Draymond gets Steph an open three or even if it's not open it's in rhythm which is more important for a guy like Steph and many other great shooters being in rhythm is much more important than being open and that's what Draymond does for Steph and you don't see it as much for Clay, but you definitely can see it through Draymond's career with anybody he plays with the guy just knows how to play off of other people who are great which also you have to con. You have to you have to configure the fact that Steph, and then you have Jordan Poole coming right up behind him. I think the real task is finding the next Draymond. You found you found Jordan Poole, who is not the next Steph Curry. I don't want to put that out there, but God damn it, for somebody who's like, if you had to, you know, take a shot at the moon, you came damn close with Jordan Poole, and I think. Finding the next Draymond Green, you'll never find him. You'll never get a Draymond Green. But try to find something like a Jordan Poole version of a Draymond Green. Um, and I think you can continue this this dynasty or this legacy or this whatever for a long time. I think Gary Payton is an incredible player. We'll see what happens in these playoffs if if, if it all really matters. But uh, like I said, I want to get back to the point that Draymond Green is incredible. Uh, I really don't appreciate a lot of the Draymond Green slander that you see. I just think that it's out of touch at best. You know, it's it, it really shows a lack of IQ for the game, uh, for the league, and for basketball in general. Um, and, and I think a lot of people who watch sports... Um, in general, but basketball specifically, NBA, they don't actually know what they're watching. They don't know why, um, though they, they trapped here, and they're not looking at how like a guy like Draymond, once Steph Curry gets trapped, has the short roll and you know, 
probably more times out of 10, he's not even going to the fucking rim, you know, and that's not even really um, his primary objective. It's once Steph Curry gets trapped and I roll to the rim, I'm almost sure that someone's going to come to make sure I don't get an easy layup. But do I have the ability to put the ball on the floor? Do I have the ability to pass it? How comfortable am I in doing those things? And when you think about a great a, a guy like Draymond, he's elite. He's not he's not all right. He's not good. He's not great. He's elite at that stuff. And that's not even talking about his defense. You know what I'm saying? That's not even talking about his chemistry that's already with Steph. So there's only a few guys in the league that you can really point to. Um, and I might be wrong in that, on that uh, phrase or expression. Maybe there's more than a few. But the point is, is that Draymond and players like him are not, you don't find them dying by the dozen. So that should tell you how rare he is and his how um, valuable his skill set is. And I think the Warriors... While it is a risk, you could pay Draymond and realize he's not the player he used to be. But well, shit. I mean, you look at Clay, and I know Clay's playing well as of, as of late, but you're still seeing flashes of somebody losing their ability to be who they are. And I think that's something that's probably going to be true for each player, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Um, I think if you had to do it right, I think you pay Draymond. Even if it means you don't want another title, I think you pay him. And I think you keep this core the same as what it's always been. You know, like, did the Spurs send off Ginobili? No. Tony Parker? No. Tim Duncan? No. Keep those guys. They did good for you. And they did it over and over and over and over again. They did what they had to do when it counted the most. And it's not like Draymond's not good. It's like you're risking and you're gambling on something that may not even work versus what you've seen work in the chemistry. I think you surround Draymond with great defenders if you need to. I mean, you look at it. I'm not saying Kaminga is a good defender. But I am saying this. That's the solution. Gary Payton, it was the solution last year. Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman is gone now. But the attempt to even pick him up was a solution, a potential solution. So I think those. I think that's what how, the way you approach it. Do not outcast Draymond. Um and just try to find his younger replacement. Um, but that's 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 all, and that's it. Playoffs are starting soon. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back into watching film as the playoffs start. Hopefully, I can get more like centralized content. My Instagram is going up. I, I just really rep, rep, uh, repost clips and and whatnot here and there. But um, I'm using it to my advantage through time. I'm just trying to grow my account. I'm trying to get to like 50,000. I'm currently not even at 2,000. So, but the way I've seen kind of accounts, my account account growing, it's like it kind of compounds. So, uh, 
Hopefully, I can be by like you know maybe five thousand by the end of the year. Um, and then just I'm just trying to keep going with that account, keep and whatever else I'm trying to do, just keep blowing up my accounts and uh, keep. Um, I may I may make a complete return to hoop foods. We'll see what happens in the future, but I know for sure that when the playoffs start, I'm going to be very uh interested in seeing what's going on with the with the league. Um, I love the playoffs more than anything. I, I've been watching games more than lately. I just uh because I've spent so many years so so obsessed with basketball that I feel like this year it was almost not legitimate for me to really make content on like halfway watching i don't really have the time at the moment but uh playoffs i think i'm really going to be uh paying attention to what's going on and um hopefully i can make uh the effort to watch some film because i feel like if you if you're not really watching film and i've always said this since i started watching film if you don't watch film you really don't know what's going on um and i would always talk to people who would talk to me about sports and they would tell me all kind of dumb shit like Russell Westbrook is a good defender and they used to say this shit like back in his prime and I always I'd be like he's not a good defender like he's not even good like he's not even average he's not even below average he's trash as a defender and the fact that you don't know that shows how much not watching film can influence what you think is going on I'll give you two more. One, Ricky Rubio, incredible defender. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say inc- good defender. Good defender, known as a good defender. But the average person would be like, "Oh no, he's not good at defense." And I'm talking, I'm talking like five years ago, mind you. I haven't watched film heavily, probably the last two three seasons, but like definitely none this year. But Ricky Rubio at one point was definitely known as a good defender. But if you talk to the average hoop head, he would go and tell you the exact opposite. Then you take a guy like Steph Curry or even Steve Nash, which Steph Curry is not in the same realm as Steve Nash. He, Steph Curry is a much better defender than Steve Nash, in my opinion. But those both were victim of being labeled as bad defenders. And it's like, you don't have to be that great at point guard position unless you're going up against Magic Johnson or you're going up against, like, even if you have John Morant as your assignment, chances are they're going to hide Steph or Steve Nash on some weak-ass small forward or wherever. He can maybe be a power forward that you really don't have no guard skills. Like, they're going to put, they're going to hide them. And even if they can't hide them, they're probably... Um, you have to consider the fact that Steve Nash and Steph Curry, while they may be limited in their ability to be imposing, they're not bad team defenders. They always know where to be. They're always in position. They always have their hands in the right place. They're not, they're not breaking down the defense. No, not, they're making that, that defender, I mean, that the opposing, uh, rival player that's playing on offense they're making him have to take a tough shot make a tough shot which to me is much more important than just being some type of like imposing defender that can stop anybody but you're Russell Westbrook you know you're always out of place you're always ball watching you're always getting you know 
caught and then now you're getting beat back door like these are the things that westbrook does you're making bad decisions on offense you're gambling you're trying to go for steals that aren't there these are things that nash and curry don't do and it balances out in ways that people that don't watch film they can't even comprehend it um but i i, th- I think i've i've said enough this is the Feek and Pan Podcast, episode 24, and NBA edition, and I'm out.